This is maybe my favorite pod of the year. It hasn't even started yet. Thanks for the abrupt uh, close of the music. <laughs> That's what you said about my favorite. Dookie derailing it without even speaking. That's how this pod gets going. <laughs> that, it's it's a, a new gift, It's man. like a Jedi mind trick, dude. It's, oh. We've been doing this for like a year and a half now. That's a next level of derailment. We're Will, not even 30 seconds in. Will Manso, uh, pod derailer, Dookie Lang, and newsman uh, Clay Ferrer here <laughs> with the Miami Sports Pod this week. And I said it's my favorite time, and I think we can all agree. I know it's Clay. You are a football draft junkie. I don't I, I don't know if you reach the same level in NBA draft, but I think you're getting there. You're close. I'm really excited for this week. I've tried to downplay it the last month or so because on social media, everybody's been talking about the par- the prospects and the potential for the Heat at 13 and the trades and, and whether you move the pick. And I try to stay away because I'm like, I didn't want it to drag a month of conversation, but that's it. As we tape this, the NBA draft is four days away. So now we can talk to this about, you know, hey, this is happening soon. And Miami is in position, Clay, with that 13th pick to get potentially a nice piece for the present and future or find a way to alleviate some of the cap issues and the financial issues they have. You have said for a while now on the shows that we have on Local 10, Sports Sunday in particular, that you think the Heat will trade the pick. As we now approach the NBA draft on Thursday, do you feel the same? I do. I do. And to your original point about this being your favorite podcast of the year, you love the draft, I I really love this because I love the entire NBA offseason. I I like the offseason more than I like the season. Mm-hmm. And I just because I I think sports is fun. I think sports is a, a water cooler topic, the ideal water cooler topic. It's one of those things where uh, it's not politics, so you don't I I hope you mm-hmm. don't have the same level of of anger and vitriol when you disagree with someone. You can you can disagree about something and talk about it a lot and talk yeah. through things and, and reach common ground and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, but I, I think you can do that more with potential transactions than you can with action. Because yeah. when it comes to transactions, you can kind of look at it and uh, try to decipher the, the human side of all of it. Like who's lying, mm-hmm. who's telling the truth, who really wants what. Whereas when it comes to the action, the stuff on the floor, a lot of the times it's either A, very obvious, or yeah. B, there's so much stuff going on that we have no idea about because we're not in the game. So all that to say, I, I love this part of it because I, I feel like there, there are things that we can discuss. We can go out and talk with friends and, and fans and, and have the same level of, of discourse that we do on this podcast. It's for me. Well, here's why I like the the offseason. It's because every team is involved. And though every team doesn't have a chance at Kawhi, and every team is, you know, now AD, the big news over the weekend, gets traded to the Lakers. Not every team was in the AD mix. You can, as a fan, feel like your team can make a move, make a pick, make a trade, alleviate the salary cap and the financial situations. I It feels like every team, we're in the NBA season, it's always a foregone conclusion. Like, you know the teams that are going to be there. And look, even though Toronto upset Golden State, Golden State had the injuries and stuff, but still Toronto earned it. Toronto was considered one of the elite teams in the league entering the season, especially post-Kawhi trade. So I guess to me, Dookie, there's this excitement, and I guess we center it toward the Miami Heat. Heat fans very rarely, since the big three broke up, have had real moments of true optimism because everything is oh this guy didn't sign they couldn't pull up this trade Gordon Hayward doesn't work out KD doesn't work out Butler trade falls through here's another open window starting with this draft and into the offseason where my Miami Heat fans can feel like this is where the 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 change and the tide is changing whether it happens or not I don't know but for that moment there's a little bit there's a little bit of hope and I think the league feels it because of the way that the NBA finals played out 
because it wasn't just that the Warriors dynasty, in air quotes, ended, right? Mm-hmm. Because, listen, Golden State could turn out to be very good and they could turn out to be good in the long term. So they're not necessarily done, right? But heading into this season, there was an overwhelming feeling. And you even had people like Pat Riley talking about it, how there's only a couple of teams that can win the championship. And there was sort of an expectation across the board that with those four guys that Golden State had between Curry, Clay, Draymond, and KD, they were going to win the whole deal. At least be there. And And so now... Which they were. So the way the finals plays out, and it's horrible, both the injuries are terrible. Okay? Just... Really a bummer. Really put put a bit of a damper on the whole series, but also added to the intrigue of the series. I mean, Clay Thompson coming back and hitting those free throws was amazing. But now you have Golden State, who had four superstars and owned the league, and you had New York, who was waiting for Kevin Durant to come, right? Mm-hmm. And now Kevin Durant's going to be out for a year. So what happens with that? You had maybe the Lakers thinking about making a play for Clay, and now Clay Thompson is out for probably nine months or so. So. Golden State's bad. The guys who everybody thought was were going to spread out are not necessarily going to spread out. And the defending champions, who are going to be the Raptors, you don't even know if they're going to keep their best player. And without Kawhi Leonard, they're just they're just a very hmm. good team in the East. And so now, all of a sudden, both teams that are in the finals, the Kings of the East and the best in the West, both those teams have huge question marks, which means everything is wide open, mm-hmm. which means every no team feels sort of that cap of that gloom. I mean, if you think about the East, right? In the last 10 years prior to this year, it was LeBron in the finals every year. It was a foregone conclusion. The team with LeBron made the it to the finals. The team with LeBron made it to the finals. That. that was it. And, you know, it, it turned out to be the Heat for a couple of years. But in general, if you were not on LeBron's team, you were not going to the finals in the East. So this was the year that opened it up. The East opened up. And look what happened. We had a great story. We had the Raptors and Kawhi. Not... Who who amongst us screamed when Kawhi signed with the Raptors? Championship. Well, I tell you, I'll let you keep going. But you know what we did scream? We said there's a team that's going for it. Yeah, and, and that's the, that's what you have to love about Toronto, and what I think it teaches the league, and why Pat Riley, for all the criticisms he get, by the way, much of it's deserved, and Pat has admitted as much. Why, when people say, "Oh, Pat, sit this one out," you know, wait till 2021, you know, give it a couple years, just piece things through and get there. I get it, and I can see why people feel that way. But I can also see why Pat's saying, "Hell no!" I see a Kawhi Leonard get signed, you know, get traded and make a difference like that. I see a Paul George decide he's going to stay in OKC. I've got to keep swinging for the fences. I will not just settle. And granted, the last few years the Heat haven't settled. They tried, and it still hasn't been a mediocre product. But I think Pat just doesn't think that way. As we kind of bring it more toward the Heat. I think the Heat are going to be trying to swing for the fences. Whatever the fences are, they're going to hit grand slams this offseason. But I think Riley's trying to hit a solo home run and maybe get a Jimmy Butler or whatever is out there that maybe he can get his hands on. Yeah, and, and I think this is probably going to be more for next weekend's podcast because you know, it, as we sit here on, on Sunday night recording this, Jimmy Butler has expressed interest in the Heat. We know the Heat have interest in Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. None of that is is going to happen. There's zero chance of that happening until oh, June yeah, 30th. Yeah, post-draft. So, so I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that next weekend. However, I do think... All of these conversations go on, not just over the next week, not just on draft night, but they've been going on for for weeks now. And so if there is an opportunity for them to get a Jimmy Butler, whatever they do on Thursday night is going to be geared towards that, whether it is 
using the pick on a player that they know that the team that they may ultimately execute a sign and trade with to get Butler really wants, whatever it happens to be. So even if the Heat do emerge on Thursday night having used a pick, uh, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced that if they end up picking somebody that that guy is eventually going to play for the Miami Heat. Because I, I just yeah. think there's still so much to be figured out. What I love about draft night, though, is you're going to have this craziness with a bunch of teams that do have space and do have the ability to make moves mm-hmm. that matter, that are going to be you know things we talk about long term. Again, the Heat aren't really in that position. They have to get really creative and work with other teams. By the way, you want to work with this team. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Okay, so for the NFL, we had a mock draft. We're not going to do that for the NBA. (laughs) But I do want to give and get from you guys, give me your short list of guys that either are likely to be there could be there you know I, I we all dream that a guy slips you know but the, the, I think the top five or six in the draft are pretty set but from about six on I don't know if there's a big big difference that's why for those fans that were worried about the tanking it didn't work out look if the heat would have tanked it would have been great if they could have got a top three pick that's kind of where the draft sits right we're all we're all in agreement that Zion Ja and RJ Barrett that's the draft after that you get into you know you get Culver and and who's the kid from Virginia? Why am I why am I uh DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, thank you very much. I was forgetting for a moment. These these guys that are the next wave that are good players that could be could be impact players, but I think that top three is really where if you're gonna tank, you need to get one of those top three picks. And obviously they A didn't tank and B didn't get one of those picks. But when you fall out from that five, six range onto thirteen, to me the difference isn't that big. So there is a big range. You know, you look at a guy like Bowl Bowl. Very interesting, you know, is, uh, and I, I was working before the draft. I remember Seiko Demboya. Here's a guy, another one. These are guys that are unique talents that you've heard of anybody say, oh, that's going to be a top 10 pick just on base and talent alone. We celebrate that in May, right? No, oh, stop it. And then you see, and then, then you hear these guys potentially falling out of the top 15. That's the the big difference of people. And you hear guys like, you know, where does a Cam Reddish fall? Mm-hmm. Does he really drop out of the top 10? Or are people just enticed by the potential he had coming out of high school? Uh, you see all these names for the Heat, uh, the kids from Gonzaga. You know, where do they go? Brandon Clark in particular. Clay, who who grabs your attention? Give me give me two or three names of guys that grab your attention that you'd like to, if the Heat keep 13, are interested and possibly get one of these guys. Well, I, I do like Demboya a lot. And I, the problem there is I think everybody does. He's I think, intriguing. He's yeah, fascinating. I, I think as this, as this draft gets closer, you're right. That that stretch between 4 and, say, 14, I don't know that there's very much, if, if any, separation. And it's really going to be what does your team need and yeah. what do you value? Well, what, do they, what do the Heat need? You know, they've got so many... They, they need talk talent. So much, yeah, and that's the thing. They don't. They need a score, don't they? I, I, I hear all this stuff about this guy can play a little defense. They need a person who can just score. So, and, and granted, it, there's a hard to just get a pure score at 13. So, so to me, I, I don't think Culver has a chance to fall that far. If he falls that far, he's your guy. Uh, because yeah, he doesn't. He, he, you're right, he's he, not falling. He's just there. so natural. He's probably going four. Um, Reddish... 
Reddish looks so natural when he shoots. Other he than he the, can't shoot and finish, he's very good. That's the thing, though, is he has the prettiest stroke, and and he looks like a guy who should be able to knock that. And and probably somebody gets with him, and he turns into that guy eventually, uh, which is why I don't think he's going to be there. But he's someone you have to consider at that spot. spot. But um, the, the guys who I really like are, are Demboya, Bol Bol, because of the upside, mm-hmm. and, and also a P.J. Washington. Those are the guys that I like a lot because those are the guys with – and I know everybody hates to, to use cliches, but I'm going to use it. Upside. I don't want a safe pick. I don't want somebody who is going to come in high floor, low ceiling. You know what you're getting, and a, another role player because the Heat have. What too about many Kevin Porter? Kevin Porter Jr. is a, is a name that you hear a lot. Uh, a guy that to me, let me give you my take real quick before I toss, toss it to you guys. Heat fans everywhere, from social media to to talk radio shows to whatever it may be are very, very intrigued by him because he seems like he could be a scorer, what I said exactly what Miami needs. But he was a kid who couldn't even make it through his first year in college as a freshman without getting basically booted off the team. Uh, seems to not be what you would consider the fit of, a, of the Heat culture. And I know people get, oh, well, you could turn him into the Heat culture. But let me tell you something. A couple of years ago, did anybody talk? Was there any buzz about Bam out of bio prior to the draft? Nope. Not with the heat, not in connection. Nope. I'll be honest with you. I was on vacation in that draft, and I remember hearing the pick. I said, oh, I was having dinner. I said, oh, let me step away. The heat about to make the pick. And I said, Bam, I'm bio. isn't that the kid from Kentucky that's sort of like the third wheel over there at Kentucky? Like, he's not really the guy that's the star there. He was, you know, and then I read more about him. I got he was a high. But the heat valued his culture and his work ethic on top of his skill. And now, two, three years later, you're seeing why. I don't see the heat being the kind of team, to me, they take chances on culture guys that have bounced around the league and that maybe need that push. I don't see them taking that chance on a guy who's a 19, 18, 19-year-old kid coming out of college who couldn't cut it in college and keeping things together. I could be wrong, but that's the pick that a lot of Heat fans want. Do you like this kid? This is – I can't pretend to have done enough personal investigating into Kevin Porter's situation. Uh, I do know Andy Enfield, the USC head coach. I, I had a chance to to spend a bit of time with him at Florida Gulf Coast, and uh, you know, the, it's not it's not the type of thing where we're we're close. And I'm going to text him and ask him what mm-hmm. happened with Porter. But I do know him. I do know the relationship that he had with his players at Florida Gulf Coast. I do know his reputation, and my feeling: if you can't get along with Andy Enfield, I I have. Major questions about what are you, whether you can get along with any NBA head coach mm-hmm. because Enfield was the type of, and look he's not he's not easy on his players he he absolutely uh, makes everybody work hard as I think you know pretty much every coach would but the one thing that he always promised players which I I think they really took to heart was if you come and play for me I will get you a job playing professional basketball after you you leave here. Uh, if you if you do if you do right by me, if you come in here and you work hard, okay. I will make sure cuz he had he had relationships throughout Europe, he had relationships a lot of places where whether it was G League So I wonder what happened there. And I that's what we don't know. But what I know with with Andy Enfield is that he's somebody that is not hard to get along with. And so when I hear something like this, somebody who, who couldn't in one year get on the floor consistently at USC, it makes me concerned moving forward. Now, does that mean that he absolutely is not going to work out as an NBA player? Man, 
when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, I was not the person I am now. So, no, it doesn't guarantee anything. But I do know that for a team like the Heat, who, who needs somebody who you can count on, who's going to take come in and buy into the system immediately so that he can be that player long term, maximize that high ceiling. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't, I don't think that that's somebody that, that the Heat would, would take a shot on. To your point, you weren't even the same person last week. You were a sports guy last week. So, <laughs> Dookie, give me your short list. I'm okay. never going to look well, that it's down. Well, it's actually kind of funny, right? Because I'm, I'm looking at some of the names that are being kicked around, and I noticed a trend, and I really think this is kind of the direction they want to go. Because I heard you guys talking about Cam Reddish. And I'll be direct about Cam Reddish because I watched every game that Cam Reddish played. Cam Reddish was a bust in college. He was whoa in college. Whoa in college. Whoa. Relative to how he came in, relative, Duke slander. Relative, well, relative to the hype that he had, relative to his talent that he shows, he did not perform at the level that people expect. Now, I'm just surprised you didn't throw a no disrespect. No, no, straight up disrespect. But the thing, <laughs> but the, the thing about it. I, I, by the way, I have a great no disrespect. I, but the really just like you do. Go for I it. heard a Stephen A. Smith clip. Oh, it was so good with Kwame Brown, and I thought of Dookie because it was it was from years ago when Kwame Brown got traded from the Lakers, and Stephen A. said, "This guy is the worst basketball player right. in the league. He is." An absolute. You know I'm going to play this because I've got it. I don't know technically if we can. No disrespect. Here, this was this was when. Hold on. So look, this is this is for a hey, uh, Jeff Tavs who edits this for us. If uh, if oh, we, can't we could play use this, it, we could use go it. Go ahead and edit this. It we're ESPN friends. There we this, go. This was Stephen A. Smith after Pau Gasol was traded to the Lakers, and uh, Kwame Brown was part of that trade. So this was on ESPN News. Did L.A. give up too much to get a guy who has been labeled soft, although he puts up 19 and 9, which only 11 other guys do? Is that a trick question? You tell me. They <laughs> gave up Kwame Brown. You first-rounders. I could, I could kill less. I into his salary for First of all, understand something. When you're giving up first-round picks, if you are a quality team in play in playoff contention, it really doesn't mean that much. That's number one. Number Here it comes. two, and more importantly, Kwame Brown is gone. The city of Angels, Hollywood, just shouldn't be celebrated. Here it comes. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. Here it comes. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever. Hey! Yeah, the Duke, the Dukey Lang, this guy is a scrub. He can't play. No disrespect. This man is a bona fide scrub. He can't play. But no disrespect. No disrespect. If somebody says no disrespect, it's immediate disrespect. Before it or after it, there was some disrespect. So Cam Reddish, relative to the hype coming into Duke, was a bust. No disrespect. Total disrespect. Was it because he was playing with Zion and RJ? Quite possible. Point is, the reason that he is not a top three pick, which is what he was considered a year ago, is because he didn't do well at Duke. Fine. Bull Bull came into college basketball, was supposed to change college basketball. Manute Bull's son, seven feet tall, shooting threes but all over out, the place. Time out, time out, time out. Are you going to say that Bull Bull wasn't good in college? He got hurt. I get it, but the, so he what, did what, everything Cam Reddish didn't do. But I, what I'm saying is, I mean, Bobo was productive. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going down the list. Romeo Langford, decent college was career, productive, decent, good college career. Was supposed to be a superstar. He was supposed to be a top five pick. What I'm saying is, at 13, the type of guys that you're going to get and the type of decision that you're going to have to make is you're going to have to look at guys. Bobo averaged 21 and 10, but and he, three blocks. But he, but he got hurt. 
He did. I get it, but it. So he was clearly how many a player. games? What did he play? Ten, ten games? games. Yeah, he played ten games. Okay, okay. great. He had so, ten more. Ten games so, better than eight. Ten games so, that uh, Cam Reddish had all season. So my point is that if you're that, here's a player. They come out of high school. All these guys who who go to big schools or who are considered first round picks, they come in with a lot of hype. Then they go to college. Stuff happens. Some of them live up to their expectations, exceed their expectations. Some guys play below their expectations. The question is, is the kid you're drafting what you saw at a high school, the talent that you saw, that you think your system can bring out? Or were they exposed on the college level for a flaw in their game or something about their mindset or something that's not right? Talk about Kevin Porter. Maybe there's something about Porter that got exposed. Now, maybe you say this Enfield's a great guy. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit. So the question is, there was a kid who came in with high expectations, didn't didn't live up to his level. That's what you're looking at when you're in that mid-range to lower range of the first round. Mm-hmm. And it. so you, what you have to do is you, look look by, at. By the way, I, I asked what was your list. Now I'm I'm telling you, those are the types of guys who are on my list. The question is that he'd have to look at those types. So you of don't guys. have a list. No, I, I just gave you some names that I think are in that type of realm. Who I would say, look if I mean if Cam Radish falls, I think they take him in a heartbeat and don't even think about it because because of his talent. Bull Bull. Same deal. He's, I mean, he's he's huge. And he's, I've seen Bobo anywhere from seventh to twenty. So if something. Bo, if Bobo's on the clock, I take him right away. Uh, right away, you think? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, because you know why? Because you're just try, at this point, the Heat are in an interesting position. They are on. They're this. It's not no pressure because obviously they're trying to build, but they can afford to strike out swinging for a home run in this regard. They what they can't afford to do is hit hit a bunt single. Now, right, so Bull Bull is the type of guy who could be just a freak of nature, and oh my God, how did this guy fall to us at thirteen? Or he could be absolutely horrendous. Well, I think the only way he'd be I'd horrendous go is big the, for it. the only way he'd be horrendous, I think, is injuries, which is I think the number one thing you worry about a guy that size, his light frame. Uh, those are issues that that players that height tend to have problems. Now, I'm going to give you my list, guys, and you can. This I'm gonna, is in, Can I throw in one more? Go ahead. One more. I really like Cam Johnson out of UNC. I th- yeah, I think that guy been, can shoot. I think he's a little undervalued. I watched him play a lot. That guy's kind of a killer. Well, okay, okay, I'm changing my list. Then my list is Cam Johnson and only Cam Johnson because for Dukey to pick a UNC player that he wants for the Heat, that's all I need to know. That's a good, good player. So I'm Cam not, Johnson is my list. My, my short list of guys, and this is sort of in order. Seiko Dumboya is is one that I really like. The more I read and, and I see hope you video celebrate him, it, enjoy it. Thank you. The more I read and see about him, I like him. I'm intrigued because there's no slam dunk, as you said at 13, um, unless somebody unlikely slips. Which again, there isn't even that. Who's going to slip? I mean, the top three are the only ones I care about, and none of those guys are going to slip. So it doesn't really matter. Seiko Dumboya, Nasir Little, I like a lot. I, I like him. I like Little a lot because I I think he's a guy that again he came in with that pedigree to UNC as a top kid. Didn't really pan out, but his skill set, I think, is a guy that really there's room to grow to be a special player. Bull Bull I like a lot. I like Brandon Clark, and I like Romeo Langford. That's my short list of players that I think can actually be impactful players that will be there at 13. As you said, Dookie, it depends which direction that he want to go as far as position, as far as, as, let's face it, some of those guys are more quick you put them in and they'll be productive. They may not be superstars, but they'll be rotation guys. Some of those guys, like a Demboy, uh, off the bat, you know that he's probably not going to be a rotation guy. That you got to work with him. You got to you know hammer out some things. Little's another one that I think he's got to kind of get in that defensive, offensive 
hustle mindset. I don't. I I don't think he'd be a good fit for the Heat. I, I think he'd be an intri- intriguing fit because the one thing the Heat do love is talent. I mean, every team does, but the the Heat love to be able to mold that kind of talent. I think he comes. I don't. I I from what I've read from about him, I don't think is. I don't think he's a guy you worry that he's not going to work hard at the next. Oh level. no, no. So but he, I just. But I think that's my that's my sort of short list. And there's other names. Look, Kevin Porter, as I mentioned, is a name that I think a lot of people are going to talk about. You already, I think you mentioned P.J. Washington. You've got the other kid, uh, what is it, Hachimura from uh, from Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Look, he's a possibility, even though he's been linked a lot to Charlotte at 12. He's a possibility as well, an interesting guy. I know these guys aren't sexy names. I know nobody's going to be just jumping. No Heat fan's going to celebrate a championship if they keep that 13th pick. So all those names I just said, right? What intrigues you more? This is an open question to you both. What intrigues you more? Any of those guys, whoever the Heat feel strongly about, or just dumping the pick and and dump and attaching a JJ or Dion? What's more valuable to the Heat organization? Dumping the pick because I don't think they dump the pick unless it leads to something else. And you know whether it's Jimmy Butler this year, somebody else this year via sign and trade, or something next year that they've they've got coming down the pipe. I, I don't want to see them dump the pick just to dump the pick. If you're going to do that, then take whoever. Because one of those high upside guys is going to be there. Not all of them are going to be gone. Bol Bol, uh, uh, P.J. Washington, um, Seiko Domboya, not all of those guys are going to be gone at 13. So I, I, I would much rather one take of one of those guys. One of those guys will be there. Yeah, so, so that's where I'm at. I... I know there's a feeling – let me back up on this. Is Jimmy Butler alone going to get you in into the the Eastern Conference Finals? No. What's no. it going to take – give me an idea, Clay, what's it going to take to get Jimmy Butler? Because I, I'll be honest with you, like I said to open the pod, I haven't been spending a lot of time on this because, again, you mentioned June 30th. It's still a while away. But now that we're getting closer – what, what kind of a package would it take to get a Jimmy Butler? So, so let me give you a, a hypothetical because this is a good one. Um, there are about eight to ten teams that are going to have room to sign a max player. Um, I, here, here, Sacramento is a good example here of something where something could work. Let's say Sacramento, I think right now they're at like $33.9 million of space. I'll have to go back and look. Um, it's kind of all, all flowing together. But here's a perfect example of how a package could work. Sacramento is sitting there with a lot of space, but how many players really want to sign in Sacramento? So you call up Sacramento and you say, all right, look, Jimmy Butler wants to come here. We don't have the space. Who on our roster do you like? And Sacramento's sitting there like, well, we could either get nothing for our 30-plus million or Miami, we like who you took at 13, and we like Josh Richardson, so we will also take Hassan Whiteside's contract, which will expire next year, and that will match up the salary. It will definitely take one of the big three core, right? Oh, absolutely. I shouldn't say big three, the young three core is what I meant to say. Yeah, unless you find a team that, say, really likes Goran Dragic, and and they view him as more of an asset as opposed to a liability because they like him for one year plus. But I'm using the Sacramento example because it gives you a good idea of what – essentially what you have to have happen is you have to have assets and a liability, which would be a Josh Richardson contract – and a Hassan Whiteside contract, which match up to a Jimmy Butler contract, what he would sign. So, because there's no way the Heat are going to make this happen by signing him into space. 
Zero chance. So what you would have to do is find the team that has space, that likes one of your assets, whether it's a a BAM contract, a, a Richardson contract, that you're willing to give up, plus one of your liabilities that they don't view as too big of a liability to move forward. So it's possible. You have a lot of teams that made space this year, hoping to make something happen, that are going to be left, left out in the cold when this whole thing is said and done. Now, this is also assuming that Jimmy Butler is not going to be blown away by Philadelphia going to him and offering the full five-year max. Uh, if they do that, it's really hard to see him turning that What are their down. options there? Is it the Tobias Harris? Is Jimmy Butler? What direction they go in? So it, they could do all of that. They could find a way to make all of that happen. However, what you end up running into in that case is a situation like what Golden State had happen. And this was even before the injury. Golden State was fortunate enough to have uh, arguably three transformative players, certainly two in Curry and Durant, plus Draymond Green, plus Klay Thompson, who I think is arguably on that transformative line, and they still would have had some... They would have run into some resistance with a team like Toronto because Golden State's depth was bad. They did not have the level of depth that they had a few years ago when you had Sean Livingston and and Andrea Guadala closer to their primes, plus you had some other good role players there. With Philadelphia... Yeah, look, Jimmy Butler is good. Uh, border, he's an All NBA third team type guy. I, I think, I, I think Joel Embiid, if he stays healthy, How could, old is Jimmy could be Butler, there. Guys, give me a quick Google search. I want to say he's thirty. Thirty. He, I think he's going to be thirty. He is going to be thirty. He's going to be thirty. He's, 30, he's, 30. he's going to be thirty. I'll have this, to look it up. Real yeah, quickly. this is stuff that I, only because the only reason I bring that up is if we're going to talk about him, is Jimmy Butler uh, uh, the guy? No, no, he's not. He's not the guy that takes you to the Eastern Conference Finals. But he is a guy that, in this day and age, where players like where does he take him to? Star. What, if the Heat have, let's say, Justice, Bam, Jimmy Butler, whatever, and Derek Jones Jr. What, you know, that's basically the core. Kelly Olynyk, whatever. These guys. Are, where do they go? I think you second win a first, round. I think you win a first round. You win a first series. round. Yeah, yeah. I think you're talking about a a, a top fourteen because rest of the Eastern Conference, Toronto's going to be very, very good. Milwaukee's going to be very, very good. Boston is still, I, I wonder. I don't know. I don't know, man. I Something just feels wrong about that Oladipo franchise coming back, right Indiana should be better. And that's, those are the, t- I think you're competing with Boston and Indiana for the 4-5 spot. And and Philadelphia, regardless of what they do, they're going to be there. I mean, there. Philadelphia's going to be a top and, team. You know, yes. beat, yeah. And Boston was a lesson in just sort of collecting assets. Yes. Right? But at some point, you got to turn your assets into players. Yes. And I, I I think that's the lesson. Well, Pat Riley saw it coming when he sent that beautiful press release to yeah, Danny no, Danny Ainge had Mind your own damn business yeah, and your own well, team to figure well, it out. He had and he, everything. And he didn't. I, I'll never forget. I had to text the Heat to be like, um, we just read that there was a press release where Pat Riley said, bleep you to Danny Ainge. Is that correct? And he were like, yep. I was like, okay, this and is the best. This is the best greatest press release I've ever I've ever read. But I think you hit the nail on the head, though. There, there's a middle ground somewhere between scrambling and 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 giving up the entire world for a, a guy who is a fringe superstar. Superstar in the right word, but a, a star, not a superstar, and Jimmy Butler, and what the Boston Celtics have done, which is. Man, look, I, I like Jason Tatum a lot. I think Jason Jalen Brown could be good moving forward. And Terry, Terry Rozier is a nice. Al Horford is on the other side of his prime. Gordon Hayward, who knows if he's ever going to be the player that he was before? They're just a forward. bad mix. And Gordon Gordon Hayward, if gone. the Celtics hung Gordon Hayward out there, are you the Heat? You're listening. You're listening, but you're listening in the sense of we're not giving up an asset for him. 
we're, we're we'll, trading. We'll take his contract for the next couple of years to kill some time with him. We'll take his contract for a Dion Waiters contract okay. and and a uh, maybe a future one. Uh, but no, you're not. You're not taking that on as an asset. You're not taking Gordon Hayward on as an asset. No. So, well, to answer your question about would you rather the space or would you rather the pick? I would rather the pick. I really would. I would rather take a shot on a player because, truthfully, anything you do, any any player acquisition, if you get a free agent, it's a risk. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been, you know, did really well in one system, not so well in another. There's always a ri- now. Jimmy mm, Butler looks like a guy it. who would, f- but like, I mean, and frankly, I'll be honest, the Heat have to market and sell this team, right? They have to sell excitement. Nobody, is, is nobody's one of these guys we mentioned. Right, Romeo but, Langford selling tickets, but nobody's wearing a cap space jersey. Okay, Is nobody. Nobody's, nobody's, gonna, nobody's wearing an Andy Ellisberg jersey, right? Real quick, That's so, not true. I have that. Uh, Butler is twenty nine now. He'll be he'll be thirty. Okay. I don't. The, does Jimmy Butler age thing doesn't bother me because I understand maybe at thirty four, thirty five, you're seeing the edge. But I look at uh, look at what you do with Kawhi. Nobody cared about Kawhi Leonard long term. He won you a championship. If Jimmy Butler's a piece that gets you to to attach another piece by 2021 that could lead you to a championship hell yeah you do it well, and then you worry about 34 35 age years later and, and here's the other thing with with butler and you mentioned Kawhi, which i think is fantastic in no in no way am i saying butler is is Kawhi leonard i think our Kawhi leonard could arguably be the best player no disrespect in the NBA right now yeah no <laughs> no disrespect this uh, is a case but, where no disrespect actually works right, it right, never right, works. right no this because you no know disrespect because, never because here's the thing because what you just like, said is Kawhi leonard is so much better than jimmy like, butler I, no it's that's a, disrespect that's not because if i say like i clearly you're a great sports you're not the best sports tech in the world, but you're a great sports tech. <laughs> that's no disrespect. That's, no that's, disrespect that's is always disrespect. Well, no, from what you said, I'm not a sports anchor anymore. This anyway, is true. That's true. Uh, we have to compare you to like Walter Cronkite. Right, right, right. Now, like, if you told you me I'm no Walter, the, you're great. You're no Walter Cronkite, but you're I mean, great. How about George Stephanopoulos there? Jeez, make it a little contemporary. <laughs> no disrespect. I, real quick, it, without looking, how many games do you think Kawhi Leonard played this year? 22. No, do, how many games do I think he played? Uh, 60. Dead on. He played 60 games this year. I think if the Heat were to get a Jimmy Butler, he plays 60 to 64 games. I think you you do the load management thing. I think I think don't you have to be a playoff team to do that though? <laughs> if they're like if they're, they're two games out of the ninth no, spot, they'll be a, two, a playoff team. With but Jimmy I think, Butler 60 games. I think you're a playoff game. Here's playoff the point. I, I think we're getting smarter. And by no, we're not getting smarter. We're idiots. But I think NBA teams are getting smarter about how to manage players and make sure that and and give Greg Popovich credit for this, which is ironic considering the injury issues with Kawhi is what led to that that divorce. But I think he well, was. Spoke- to the maintenance, spoke to the maintenance too. Yeah, so I I think they're getting smarter about, and I think they would know how to elongate his his prime and and his career. So that didn't. And by the way, I don't think they would. I think you you get a Jimmy Butler, if you also think you're making a move for a Mike Conley. I I don't think you're that just was the next in. name on my list. And, and so I think. I don't think you would do one without the other unless you really feel – because I don't think you'd have to give up an asset to get a Mike Conley. Again, how do you realistically do that? These are both – look, Jimmy okay. Butler's a guy you'd have to resign long-term. Right. Mike Conley is up at 2021, correct? He's so, got he's got this year in 2020, 20 into 21 left. So 2021 offseason, he's off the books. So I'm, I'll paint this hypothetical for you. And by the way, these are not the only teams you would have to do this with, um, but this is one that works perfectly. Sacramento wants Josh Richardson. They're willing to take on Hassan Whiteside's contract, but they want your 13th pick to make all of this happen. Okay? 
You're talking to them leading up to the draft. They say that they really want Roy Hachimura at 13, so you draft Hachimura. You execute that. You're talking to Memphis. Memphis says, look, we're going to draft John Morant. Uh, we don't want to be attached to Mike Conley's contract for the next three years, which, by the way, was the first Supermax, so he's making a lot of money. Um, we are willing to take on Goran Dragic plus a couple of more fillers to make it happen, but that way we are free and clear from Mike Conley's contract moving forward. We only have Dragic for one year. We're okay with that. So you're trading Dragic and a filler or two, probably not an asset unless it's a future one, to Memphis in order to get Conley. You're trading Josh Richardson's contract, uh, Hassan Whiteside's contract, probably 13 out to Sacramento to get Jimmy Butler. And so that's the hypothetical for how all of that could work. And that's I think all of that would be legal I would. I, I guess my question is, Dookie, so you, you always like to wear the fan cap when we have these discussions. Yep. Put your fan cap on. Are you excited if that happens? They have Jimmy Butler, Mike Conley to go with Justice Winslow, and Bam Adebayo as your core. You know what? In the interim, sure. I'm okay with that. In the, I am in, too. In, in the interim, and, I and by too. the way, you know what? because bad... because I I look at that I look at that as a level up from where they are. I think that I'm bored of this I, level, I, aren't you? Right. Yes. I'm bored of this I, level. So I th- I think I've had enough of it. Look, I think Mike Conley is better than Josh Richardson. Right? He's a more proven player, and I think Jimmy Butler is better than anyone. Well, I, would, I would probably Jimmy and Josh were the two you'd probably compare. I, Jimmy Butler's better you know because I, of right, position. Which is fine, but I would say Jimmy Butler's better better than anybody the Heat had on their roster last year. By far. At, at this point. Bam might exceed him. Justice, Justice might exceed him. Justice but the reality is today, Jimmy Butler would be the best player on the Heat. By far. By far. And so, you know what? Yeah. After after two, three years of not making the playoffs, after one last dance, which Dwayne Wade's not there anymore. We don't know if Udonis is coming back, whether he comes back or not. He doesn't, doesn't really matter. play. In terms of just getting behinds in the seats and interest, yeah, I think that team's a little better. I, I, I now, think it's a lot but, better. But, but, I, think it's top but, I, do, but sure. I do it with a caveat. And the caveat is this. Like, that's just like an intermediate step. You're willing to blow that up to take the next step, and so that if that's like the if 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 level A is where they're at now, and that's level B, as long as there's a promise of a level C, there's something else coming. Sure, why, why not be better in the interim and making playoffs if you can? And so and, I'd be I'd be okay with that. And so here's the key to all of that: none of what I just said jeopardizes 2021. Conley's contract runs up in 2020. Now, now you're you're committing though to Jimmy Butler long yes. term. That's the which, issue. Which I. And I think a lot of the disagreement over making a trade for Butler is is more wondering where Butler is and disagreement over who Butler is and where. But I think I think Jimmy Butler, if you if you find a way to elongate his career, and by that I mean you're just smart. You're not running him into the ground like Thibodeau was. Right, you know? right. And, and by the way, I, I think he's shown over the last what nine months when he got to Philadelphia, however many months it's been. Um, that when he is managed correctly and you let him do his thing in the playoffs, he was he on a was, team of talented yeah. players. He was the go-to guy in clutch moments every time. Absolutely. So that came I, through. And what haven't they, he'd had in the last couple of years? A guy, they've had exactly. a bunch of examples of guys that could be, but they, they had, you know, Jay Rich has had his moments, but more often than not, he hasn't, he, yes. he hasn't, he hasn't 
come through. They had to turn to Dwayne, which is great for the excitement of last year, but they didn't get much out of the building of this year into the future because Dwayne saved their asses and, a lot. I mean, and, that's what he did. He, he did it all the time. Absolutely. And by the way, here's one more thing. When when we're talking about this sign and trade with Sacramento, this this hypothetical thing that, that I'm inventing over here, uh, it doesn't have to be the full four-year max for Butler. He could do what everybody's doing now, which is the one-and-one. He could sign the one and one with Sacramento. I believe this is all legal under the CBA. Trade him to Miami. Then that way, he is eligible to re-sign a bigger contract with Miami next year. And Miami gets him in the building for one year. And and it, it kind of helps out both both teams because mm-hmm. if he comes in, he's healthy. He's he the guy like that they he think he is. He wants to be here. He wants yeah. to be here. Then, yeah, you supermax him next year. With the knowledge of what he's like, who he's like, that you already think you've got, but also how healthy is he. And so I think all yeah. that would work out. And, yes, his contract then takes you uh, past 2021, but you also have a better idea that he is the guy who could attract another but star. But he's not Kawhi, no disrespect. No, no, no. No, disrespect. but then again, who is Kawhi? He's maybe the best player in the league, no Can disrespect. we hear Stephen, Stephen A. give us Our a sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money in a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, I hear Stephen in the back line, the best service. Vera, kind of like Buick GMC, Vera, kind of like Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but... <laughs> no disrespect, you scrub. Dookie, you scrub. What happens Thursday? No disrespect. I think the Heat draft a player. What? Clay, what happens Thursday? No disrespect. Oh, man. I think they draft a player that ultimately ends up on another team. I think they draft a – I think they trade a pick. I think they trade a pick. I, I do. I, I that doesn't – you know, I could see how if it doesn't work out, but I think that their focus is trying to alleviate money. I think Pat Riley – if you read the trail of breadcrumbs laid out by Pat Riley – He's looking to make a splash. He, many times in that season-ending news conference, which we always know he comes in with a plan when he says that, said, we're not as handcuffed as people think. We can do things. There are avenues for us to improve and get big-time players or a player. And I'm sorry staying at 13 isn't that avenue. So to me, though it may not happen, I think the focus has been and will continue to be going into draft night, moving that pick and alleviating the financial situation. What happens? We'll have to wait and see Thursday night. As Clay uh, alluded to, we'll, we'll be back next week on the pod to break down what happened and then see what else, all the rumblings. We barely, we didn't really get into the Anthony Davis stuff because I think that's stuff we can <laughs> save till crazy? next week. We can get into next week when we start talking about acquisitions and trades and other things in free agency as we get deeper into Zion June. will get further in the playoffs than LeBron. No disrespect. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay, but I do like what the Pelicans have done, though. That's another conversation we're going to have next week. That's your Miami Sports Pod. We will see NBA Draft on Thursday night. We'll have you covered, and we'll cover it here on the Miami Sports Pod.